Jan Stevens, a annual uh, seasonal tradition here on the Palgrave Almanac as uh, we go into the second hour of our of our final show for the year. Wow, it's uh, it's been a whole year already, and uh, it's hard to believe time time flies so quickly. Uh, it feels like just a year ago I was maybe in this, or well, it was just a year ago, but not long ago I was in the studio with. Uh, Livewire Calgary editor Darren Krauss, and I have him back here this morning for our annual tradition of uh, looking at the local Calgary news year in review and reflecting back. Good morning, Darren. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. You know, Peter, I was trying to think uh, how many years it's gone back that we've done this. I, I, I pegged it back to around my metro years, you know, yeah. just the tail end of my metro years where we were doing this. So I'd say it's been at least eight years. I was going to say 75 years, 75 years. It's been (laughs) 75 years. We were, we were children. Um, and we, it was still, uh, the war, but the great war, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been a lot of these and it's been fun. Um, and I, I think that was even, um, a feature in the Metro news. Like they would do, uh, in the print, they would, they would do a sort of, year wrap up and I find that helpful to remember um, all the stuff that's going on and I think especially today there's just uh, we're just bombarded with stuff it's hard to remember what happened even three months ago oh you're absolutely right I mean I was actually just speaking with the mayor yesterday and she had or actually I had brought up that it was like January last year where the city was rolling out its uh uh, work from home policy. It's a new work from home policy coming out of COVID and mm. COVID like while it's still with us and, and there's, it, it's still pretty serious for, for a lot of people. It just seems like forever ago that we were going through all of those public health restrictions and, and whatnot, but it really was only about the past year to 18 months. Yeah, that's true. Well, and it's, um, uh, I, I would even say just with the news coming out of the Alberta hospitals being sort of at their highest limit, limits mm-hmm. um, and intakes in decades, uh, something that maybe it even seems that the the population has fatigued from. Like, has there is there yeah. a point where it feels like there's a story that still uh, warrants a lot of attention, you know, by number of deaths um, or some other significant <laughs> measure like that? Um, but you've run it so many times, you wonder if anyone's even paying attention anymore. Is, is that a thing? Oh yeah, absolutely. That that's a thing. Uh, people are, I I mean, it can even happen in the, in the course of an actual story, uh, like just a, a news story. Um, and it's kind of why we operate on this principle of, of you gotta be, you gotta be one of the first, because by the time that fourth or fifth story rolls around on something that's happening, that's old news. You know, if you're two or three hours behind some of your competitors, it's old news. People have already read it. They're already, they, they see the headline. They don't even care anymore. So uh, it, it, it can happen that way quite often. How has the, the Canadian news media ban on Facebook meta, and um, I'm not sure if that's actually carried over to Twitter, but how has that played out in affecting um local news upstarts like like livewire uh actually you know what it 
it hasn't had too dramatic of an impact. And and I'll tell you why. First off, Facebook never accounted for a lot of our traffic as it was uh, while we posted to Facebook and and we we had some stuff on on Instagram as well. Uh, it never did drive a lot of traffic. Uh, had Google followed through and started eliminating news links from searches, that would have had a, a devastating impact. But thankfully, uh, it, some of your listeners may know that that there was some sort of a, a deal reached. And it, and it does sound like it's pretty good news. Even for independents like myself, um, there should be some relief coming from from the, the Online News Act. So in the end, it, it, it turned out to be uh, a pretty good thing, or it will turn out to be a pretty good thing, you know, based on what sort of remuneration we might get back from, from Google. Well, that's promising. Mm-hmm. So, uh, local news year in review. What are yeah. what are some of your big stories, uh, or your the big issues that you see that that dominated um, the year? Well, I think you know quite often when we do these, Peter, there's a handful of stories that that sort of dominated at one point or another. But I think this year for me, the issue of housing uh, was head and shoulders above every other one and and for a variety of reasons first off i mean we have the affordability aspect uh and how it relates to uh house prices how it relates to rents and and even you know getting into the macro issues like interest rates and and mortgage rates and and that sort of thing so so obviously housing and affordability were really uh tied together quite a bit but at a more granular level the housing strategy here in the city of Calgary uh, and, and some of the work that was put into that, some of the affordability measures that they had built in, I, I mean, that was, a, that was a pretty big deal. And that goes all the way back to, to, to earlier this year and some of the discussions, the public hearings that were had. Um, and of course, the one that still lingers because there's a public hearing slated for 2024, and that's this idea of the citywide zoning. So that's it. Housing will continue to be an issue moving into 2024 as well. Um, but finally, I, I think though it's been talked about by uh, public health experts, by homeless uh, mental health and addictions experts, is this idea of, of housing as that first uh, measure to help people get away from mental health, get away from addiction, uh, that sort of thing. And I think we've finally started to realize that maybe some of the issues that we're facing from a public safety perspective uh, have a lot to do with housing and affordability uh, and and access to housing. So I, I think for that reason, you know, when you take a look at housing and, and putting a roof over someone's head, I think we start to see that it 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 has played out in so many different arenas from from the mortgage or rent that that you and I pay to um you know political issues and policy right down to other aspects like safety and social disorder. So for that reason I would have to say housing is is by far the biggest story for 2023. Would you say there's more of an awareness now? that um, these issues that might have been um, like housing and uh, public safety um, that might have previously been seen simply through a lens of like policing as a solution. Um, it, it, it seemed like you were maybe touching on it a bit there, but the, 
there's maybe bit, a bit more of a public awareness and appreciation for these other things like affordable housing and, and social services um, a, as a solution to the problem. Yeah, well, I mean, it it was kind of reflected in the city's citizen satisfaction survey. Uh, you know, they like for the first time ever since they've been doing these surveys, affordable housing or housing came up as as one of the top areas that that citizens expected the city to to do more in. Um, but to your point, to your question, I'm not sure if it's as much an awareness because, like I said, others have been been talking about it, been raising it, I think it's more of an understanding, an understanding for people. It's it's now started to click that, oh, geez, you know, if we provide housing and that leads to supports, then perhaps we can take some of these things that, that we see in our C-train stations, that we see in our public spaces, uh, we, we we can kind of remove some of that element, and as a byproduct of that, we start to to feel safer. We start to uh, have a, a a greater perception of safety here in the city of Calgary. So, like I said, it's not as much I think a uh, question of awareness as it is okay. I understand now that link between housing and some of the other challenges that we face. Mm-hmm. Just this week, I think there was uh, a, a news drop or a hint at what might be coming uh, provincially. It, it seems like the UCP and Daniel Smith are looking at throwing a whole bunch of roadblocks in the way of uh, the municipalities to deal with these issues in exactly this sort of way we're talking about affordable housing and inclusionary zoning and that sort of thing. Um, do you expect that to to, to play a big part of the, the story in, in 2024? Uh, it could. Um, I think, you know, when it comes to inclusionary zoning, although when we spoke with the mayor, uh, the mayor said that, uh, that this was a big deal. Um, however, the inclusionary zoning aspect that was being changed in the charter, this is getting really nerdy, but it hasn't been used by Calgary and Edmonton yet. So I think they probably thought, well, it hasn't been used yet. Um, maybe we can just strip it out. It's the, it's the offsite levy aspect. And, and the way the mayor had put it to me yesterday was, uh, it gives developers the ability to appeal if they don't a- approve of the offsite levy bylaw. And for those listeners who aren't aware, the offsite levy is, the amount that the city charges developers um, over a, per- uh, a period of time to pay for infrastructure up front. So it's a, it's a pay for growth sort of system. Uh, and she was worried that if an appeal happens and the amount of time that it takes to deal with that appeal, there's nothing being built because they're at an impasse that could actually really impact the construction of housing in the city, um, therefore exacerbating this affordability aspect. Uh, but the other the other part of it is the city of Calgary had decided uh, this year to allow for new community applications to happen concurrently. And these decisions on the new communities would be tied to the budget. So if the city's not getting the money that they need from developers and they decide, geez, it's not within the budget, 
Well, it may hold off the development of some of these new communities because they've decided to tie it to the budget. So, so it could have a number of unintended consequences. I think it's important to note that Build Calgary Region uh, did lobby the government for some of these changes, thinking that perhaps it would be able to impact affordability because at the end of the day, uh, the the new bylaw for the city of Calgary does tack on seventeen hundred dollars uh, per house uh, for new communities, and they made it you know relatively clear that that kind of charge ends up getting passed on to the homeowner. So that's where that's where the challenge is, and and where some of what the the province has done in this file could impact local housing. The current mayor Gondek was elected on uh, on kind of a, a platform of um, of getting a fair deal deal for Calgary and and being perhaps a little bit more confrontational with the uh, provincial government, the UCP government, at least at the time. And um, do you see that that? What we've seen, what we've seen, is actually something a lot more diplomatic. Despite uh, maybe a government that's actually stormed in and started trampling over the municipalities here, um, it, particularly Edmonton and Calgary, do you expect maybe that that tact might change uh, in the year ahead, given all these uh, important issues which are going to come to a head? Uh, I don't know. Actually, I think what the mayor uh, and and I don't you know, I'm not in her head, so I don't know exactly how she's playing this out. But I do believe that that she's um, seeing that that a little bit more cooperation and working with the government has seemed to yield a little bit more benefit than than being adversarial with them. uh, In a lot of cases, I mean, we've seen money for affordable housing, We've seen money for for public safety. Uh, there there is money for for mental health and addictions, and I and I think that she's seeing that you know while being vocal at at some points for for some of the policies that the UCP is is bringing in. I think that she's realizing that it, that it's it's easier to work within the constructs of of what the government is trying to do, uh, and and hopefully that's going to be a greater benefit to Calgary moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those just tuning in, I'm chatting with Darren Krauss, editor of Livewire Calgary. We're doing our uh, traditional, uh, untraditional uh, local news year in review here for Calgary. Uh, what are some of the other, beyond housing uh, and affordability, what are some of the other big issues that, that happened this year in Calgary? Well, obviously, we've got the uh, the arena deal. Uh, I, I asked the mayor again yesterday. Okay, so so let me contextualize this because yesterday I did my year end uh, interview with with Mayor Gondek, and we talked about the arena. And I didn't want to relitigate the issue and whether or not it was a good deal for Calgary and how much money that we're putting in and whatnot. But I did ask her point blank if if she thought that it it buoyed the hopes of the UCP going into the provincial election and and whether or not she felt complicit in in helping the UCP to victory. And her response was interesting. And she she said she couldn't speak for for the motivations, but but she did say uh, they would be foolish to have not. Uh, accepted a deal where they got $330 million 
from the province as opposed to putting that $330 million on the taxpayer. She can't, she can't account for the timing and you know, maybe there was some political aspect to that and it was timed well by the UCP. But she said, what what would have been the outcome if we had denied the $300 million? Um, you know, what, what would people have been saying about the deal if we didn't accept the $330 million from the province um, and instead put that on the taxpayer? So so that was the way that she had had sort of rationalized that that conversation at that time. So it was, uh, I, I do think that the arena will continue to be an interesting topic. We still don't have the definitive agreements, uh, the full definitive agreements. Most transparent published. deal ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, I think, I mean, they should, they are supposed to be in the ground by sometime next year. Yeah, it's very funny how, um, you know, after watching local news and city council for so many years, how they're able to plug holes in the operating budget, you know, using reserve funds. Um, but then they try and tie, like when we had um, the budget uh, adjustments earlier this fall and they were looking at um, removing uh, or not doing um funds for the housing strategy and and all sorts of other things um, that would have impacted regular citizens, how they tried to differentiate this like capital pot of money for 800 million bucks for an arena um, and that it couldn't be used for for other things. It was only arena money. Um, and, And when you really narrow your solution space to uh, arena or no arena with money um you can sort of oversimplify these problems to make it seem like there there's this um self-imposed inflexibility to you know fund the green line north or fund um fund uh, social services or libraries or parks or something in the city yeah, it is interesting, and I think that that the city does a really good job. <laughs> they often get criticized for their messaging, but if there's one thing they do well, it's they they create this this. I I would say it's a little bit of a of a well. I'm not going to say false. It's a challenging narrative that there's two magical pots of money um, when really there's just one taxpayer. And I mean, aside from some government funding and um, some other sources like investment income, uh, the capital reserves are replenished through taxpayer dollars. So so to say that there is a magical pod that should only be used for one way. I mean, there, there are bylaws for some of these reserves that they have to be used in certain areas. Um, but I think for for the arena, there is no there is no arena capital reserve, uh, but there is a, a a major funding reserve that they that they do draw upon. But I mean, to your point, it's it's long been the way that the city can justify certain certain purchases or certain uses is by by saying, well, well, we can only use this money for capital and and this for for operating when really it it all or the majority of it comes from the one source, and that's the Calgary taxpayer. Mm -hmm. What are uh, some of the other issues? 
well, I, I think we should point out the the big spot news. That's what we call it in the biz. Is is like a breaking news newsy story. This mm-hmm. one lasted for for quite a while, and that's the E. coli outbreak here in the city. You hear about E. coli outbreaks, uh, you know, across the country here and there, but this one was was really substantial. I think what 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 really made it sticky for a lot of Calgarians was the fact that it happened to kids. For the most part, you know, the the uh, fueling mines daycare situation, uh, I mean, dozens of kids were hospitalized, hundreds more were sick. Uh, it had affected numerous uh, daycares here in the city. And uh, I, I mean, it, it sparked a, a public inquiry over what happened. And I think that's got to be one of the the top issues. Uh you know, transit safety is also an ongoing issue. Um, I think that we're going to see more of that in, in 2024, Peter, simply because that's when the city's public transit strategy, like the safety strategy, is going to be rolled out along with probably some of the uh, the new route ahead and the and the primary transit network stuff. Those things are going to collide. So we'll we'll sort of see that play out. But I mean, leave it to the end of the year to run into the council approval ratings and mm. how challenging those are and and really that that collision of of what the the city council thinks it's doing for Calgarians versus what Calgarians think city council is doing for them and 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 there's a real collision there of of I guess priorities or or ideals. Mm-hmm. I guess how much of that too is overall frustration. Like we say so many times, how municipal government is the most uh, directly, uh, I guess, linked to or responsible for so many of the things that people see on a day to day basis. You know, right out their front window. Um, and we have, I think, low approval ratings probably at every level of, of government right now, you know, historic lows. Um, is, just, is this just maybe sort of a compounded effect of everyone just really had it with the world and everything going on um, right now in politics at all levels? Yeah, and the mayor did reference that. She was asked the the question in a scrum this week uh, about her response to recent polling numbers. And she had said, well, it's very reflective of everything that's going on. People are concerned about public safety. People are concerned about housing. People are concerned about about transit levels. And that is being reflected in the the approval numbers. And, and keep in mind, they were elected, you know, just pandemic you know in the middle of a pandemic for for lack of a better way to put it and they've been dealing with the fallout of that ever since and there's there's a lingering thing but again i did ask the mayor um at at what point do they take accountability for some of the decisions and maybe it's not what calgarians want and she said we do need to take accountability and there's going to be a lot of soul searching that's going to be done over the next year I believe over over whether they are doing things that are reflective of a broader Calgary, uh, and and we may see a little bit of uh, I don't want to say a little bit of a little bit of change, but a little bit more time understanding what what all Calgarians want 
as opposed to, um, you know, focusing in laser like on, on certain areas. And, and it only makes sense really because, um, by the end of this year, when we have this conversation, Peter, uh, we're going to be looking at an election, uh, for municipal councillors within nine months. So. Yeah, that's wild. Um, I, I guess too, some of the, the, the frustrations that have come up with, with council and city administration, you know, over the last number of years have been really where you have all sorts of, um, policy with great engagement, you know, climate policy, housing strategy, you know, active modes, um, plans and strategies and things. Um, but then when it comes to budget time, the city goes and funds, you know, the same old things that they, they've been funding. They go and build arenas and, and ring roads instead of public transit and, uh, parks. And, um, is, is it, is the issue perhaps not that they're, they're not listening to Calgarians, but they're not listening to the the plans that they already have in place that have actually been shaped by Calgarians? Well, you raise a very, very interesting point. I don't think it's something that we're going to be able to hash out here, but, yeah. but to your point, Peter, uh, I think a lot of people are, are frustrated by that. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing sometimes. And uh, we have policy documents, you know, there's shelves and shelves of policy documents and and bylaws and and they aren't really aren't really followed i think that the way a lot of people in the city would expect them to be followed uh but i think that's the nature that's the nature of the beast we have bureaucrats on on one hand shaping policy based on another document that the city has put out um but the city, uh, because of the political will of a council at any given time, uh, they aren't always able to execute those those things. Uh, a case in point is the municipal development plan's fifty fifty goal uh, of of established area growth and and suburban growth. And I don't think that we're really anywhere near that. Uh, and um, there are. There are regular decisions that are made that that keep us from getting to that point. So, I mean, it, when you see something like that, that starts at the very, very top, um, there's clearly going to be a trickle down effect on, you know, all sorts of policy decisions that are made within the city. So it's it's a real challenging one is one is policy and one is politics. And I think when you when you try to marry the two, sometimes it doesn't work the way that you anticipate. Hmm. Are there any things you think are going to uh, or expecting to rear up in in 2024? Uh, apart from, you know, we tend to uh, we tend to sometimes think we have a, a clear picture of the year ahead, and then it's it's all the surprise things that you didn't see coming that no one expected that end up actually shaping the year. Um, it looks like we have we're in for a year of drought, maybe. But uh, what do you think? are going to be issues to watch in 2024? Well, I'm glad you brought up drought. I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but I think that's something that once we get past housing, we're going to have to deal with drought. Um, <laughs> once we build and, all the houses for everyone and, and then the water yeah, runs dry in the yeah. taps, then we'll have our, our work cut out. Exactly. I, I, I think water is going to be a, a big issue. Uh, but I think... It, it, 
right now, because we have no crystal ball, we can't see those unforeseen things that that you're talking about. I think 2024, we'll see a lot of these things play out. We will see the arena. We'll see the 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 shovels in the ground. Uh, we're going to see, and something that we haven't really talked about here is we should, barring any unforeseen circumstances, we should see the green line um, break ground as well. And and that could that's a huge city sh- uh, shaping thing. We will see the public safety strategy uh, or the public transit safety strategy rolled out, and we'll see if it has an impact. This this plan that they've put together, we're going to see this primary transit network start to be rolled out, and see if the city can keep that seven to ten minute frequency that they're that they're promising. But I think the one thing to keep your eye on is the city of Calgary's four year budget has another tax increase prescribed and it was based on what they foresaw uh back in in 2020 what what would that have been 2022 back last november perhaps considering that inflation was going to remain really really high economists aren't predicting uh that inflation is going to stay in that that four percent or three and a half percent range but the city of calgary already has a pretty substantial uh tax increase baked in next year plus they anticipate putting an, uh, another one percent tax shift on homeowners so we're already looking at another pretty substantial increase it'll be interesting to see what kind of a, uh, a list similar to what they did this year what kind of a list that they believe needs to be taken care of um, going back to uh, what i mentioned earlier going back into an election year it will be really fresh in people's minds if there is another 7.8% tax increase. And I think that we might see a little bit of a shift away from a big spend. We might even see them go, hey, look, inflation isn't as bad. You know, population growth is still an issue, but maybe we need to hold the line a little bit more on the budget uh, leading into the next election. So I think that's, that's something to keep an eye on throughout the year. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, with those mega projects happening, like the arena, the green line, there's always the grenade that uh, either of those projects could likely go over budget. And then you've got to um, got to find the money somewhere. That's when, that's when all the, the rules will come away, come down about where you can take money from, I right. suppose. Well, thanks again for for taking the time to to sh- to reflect back with us on uh, local news here. Thanks for all the the great journalism and and digging and diving and sitting through uh, mindless hours of city council sessions you do for us. It's my pleasure, Peter. <laughs> well, uh, a great chatting with you, Darren, and I, I hope you have a great holiday and uh, look forward to chatting in the new year. You too, Peter. Uh, take care, and to all the listeners out there, uh, have a wonderful holiday. Uh, once again, I've been chatting with uh, Livewire Calgary. You can always check out their news at livewirecalgary.com. We'll be back with more of the Calgary Almanac. Would you deny it if I came?
hard to do. 